From the Goodnight Scholarships Office at NC State University, I'm Anthony Olaya Wright, and this is Have a Good Night. On today's episode, I sat down with Ethan Renfro and talked about his experience in both Disney and Thailand, veterinary medicine, water buffalo, and the interconnectedness of living beings, bug shows, and the importance of building relationships with your faculty members. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. What's your middle name? Martin. Ethan Martin Renfro? Yep, it's my dad's first name. That's a strong, that's a strong name. I felt like it was going to be something really prestigious when I was thinking, I was like, man, I wonder what his middle name is. And Ethan Martin Renfro really just like seals the deal. Um, Okay, your question. What Disney princess do you feel like is the most slept on by the general public? Oh, I didn't know where that was going for a minute. Um, well, I'm a very religious Rapunzel fan, but I don't think you could sleep on Rapunzel and not get personally crucified for having that opinion. Um, so I would say probably generally the most slept on one is Megara from Hercules. That wow. movie is like God tier to me. She is very slept on. I don't even know if people would consider her a Disney princess. It's not canon, according to Disney, but in my book, I'm counting it. Yeah, because I mean, like her, like, I think in comparison, she doesn't like start off as a princess, right? But she definitely, definitely ends as one, Um, which in theory, like, is the arc that we should all like aspire to have. Like, I would love to become, you know, a princess, you know what I'm saying? And just like live in a, live in a world where just like, I'm chilling, you know, I'm, I'm in love. Right. Like I have a I have a stable relationship um, and I have wealth potentially, you know, what I'm saying I'm just like everything is all good in the world. So <laughs> the bases right. are covered and you get a fancy flying horse and you get a fancy flying horse. Shout out to Pegasus, man. Great movie. Great soundtrack. Um, I find myself singing. Uh, I believe the song is called Go the Distance um, all the time. Like it's in like all the fireworks shows and everyone cries when it comes on. Mm hmm. Like, I will find my way. I can go the distance. I don't care how far. Come on, Hercules. Ooh. Also, fun fact, uh, shout out to young Noah Metlin, um, Allison's son, who sang that song as an audition for um, some musical that he was in. Oh, he was auditioning to be Simba in The Lion King. And that was the song he auditioned with. That is amazing. And, and this is news, but I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so Ethan, thank you for joining us on Have a Good Night podcast. Um, I haven't seen you in uh, about eight months now because you have been, um, you've just been everywhere but NC State University, <laughs> uh, which we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, um, just tell me a little bit about yourself um, and how you kind of got into the Good Night Scholars program. Yeah, so, of course, I'm Ethan. Um, I came in from high school having a lot of, like, agricultural science, plant and animal experience. So just, like, general college of ag and life sciences stuff. Um, came in as ag education. Um, clearly, that's not where we're at now, but it was a good choice to start with. Um, so I came in, was the first person from my county to be a good night scholar. And so that was, like, a really big deal for me. And, of course, when we did first year bingo, that was, like, the thing is find someone from Yancey County because it was me. <laughs> and so I came in started with that major. Um, 
changed around, happy where I am, happy that that's where I started too. And basically I'm here getting close to finishing two degrees. So time flies. Mm-hmm. Big flex on the two degrees. You mentioned that you said, you said that you had like a lot of plant experience. What is plant experience? Like, is it, I have a lot of plants at the crib, right? Which you do, but like, what, what did that look like in high school? Yeah. So high school was a significant lot less plants than the, I think the current running number is somewhere in the realm of 43, 48. I'm not really sure anymore because I stopped counting. Um, That was the count when I moved back from Florida. So that probably excludes several that were still here. But essentially in my high school for our agriculture program, we had a very large greenhouse. So I would work that. I would run the plant sales because I was the numbers person. So I was the only person standing at the desk that all the old ladies asked how their day was and I did their money for them. And so I would do that. I would work in the greenhouses on my off days, which is also how I ended up with several of the plants in my house. So it was more like that. And then like, we didn't have an animal science program because our county didn't let us have animals on school property. So I pretty much got that at home because behind me in a field are like 30, 40 ish cows back here. Awesome. That's really cool. And so also I didn't know that like I'm thinking about my high school being more in a actually like in a in an urban area. Like there was no space for a greenhouse, but like in like a county like yours, like I'm pretty sure there's like space <laughs> just for like for a lot of different things. So that's really cool. So um you're here, you're at NC State. Um tell us a little bit about and you're kinda like getting at this, but like your major specifically in um, and what that's kind of like looked like for you over the course of your time here so far. Yeah, that's probably the million dollar question because I've changed it so many times. Um, so originally the plan was come in animal science education because I'd done a lot of like FFA, 4-H in high school and such. Um, then I had minors in animal science and horticulture. So I was covering all my bases. I was like, if I teach, that's the two subjects I want to teach. So I take my animal science classes and I was like, you know what? I like this a lot more. And as we all well know, the education system needs some help. And it's not because people don't want to teach. It's because people don't want to deal with the people over them. I'm not going to not going to put the lid off that pot. But essentially, I was like, you can teach in any job. And really and truly, you kind of have to have someone in every job who can teach. That's how you train people. That's how you have good interactions with others. Um, So I kind of pursued animal science as my degree, which is one of mine currently. And then I started taking nutrition classes. I was like, oh, I'll pick that up as a minor because I could no longer have an animal science minor for obvious reasons. And so my advisor does a lot of nutrition work. She was honestly one of my role models in the switch over to animal science. She was one of the teachers I had just recently had. And she does a lot of nutrition and conservation research, which I'm really interested in. So I TA'd for her. And started learning about some of the stuff she did. And while I was TAing for her, I had to help give the final exam for her class because she was in the Republic of the Congo working at the Jane Goodall Institute releasing chimpanzees. So that was a pretty unique experience for her. And of course, I asked her all about it when I got back. And I, at that point, was like, well, nutrition's pretty cool and animal science is cool, but you can't really have a vet if you can't feed the animals properly because that causes half the problem. So now I'm a double major in animal science and nutrition. I got minors in horticulture and zoology. So pretty much just covering all the animal science fields across the board at this point. Love that. It's like a, you're a holistic animal scientist. Like you look at the diet, you look at 
you know, like the health, you look at their environment, you're going to change, you're going to be the next good all, you know, if, if that's something that you actually, you know, aspire to, to do in life. But it's also interesting, I think, in getting into the next question, just like the lives that people lead, you know, like, oh, your professors in the Congo, like doing this work, I'm like, man, like, what was I doing? Like, during that time, like at the house, you know, like catching up on shows or whatever, right? Like, and I think, I don't know, we all just like have these different pockets of things that we do. Um, you are also in that category of like people who have led uh, very fascinating lives, specifically um, looking at 2022 um, and the year isn't even over yet. So just let us know kind of where you've been <laughs> uh, over the past eight months, um, starting with your semester uh, away at Disney. Yeah, so I just kind of decided that this was my year to take a little break from school. Um, Essentially, I'd been taking like 21 plus credit hours regularly, and I realized that was not healthy. I did not know that. Yeah, it it was not a good choice. I did 24 during COVID, literally had to get the dean to sign papers on me. No, no one ever do that. So that's that's my disclaimer there. But essentially, I applied in the middle of October of the previous year. I was in the middle of organic chemistry, too. And I said, you know what? I need a little change of pace in my life right now. So I applied, having absolutely no intention that this would ever work because I knew friends who had applied to work for Disney and it was ridiculously hard. And so I talked to one of my friends over at the vet school. His name's Christian, and he had already done this position before he went to go to vet school for what I did of working on zoo and exotic animals. And so he actually put in a good word for me, come to find out afterwards. But um, my supervisor, Bethany, who is one of the greatest leaders I've ever had in a job or otherwise, um, she called me and she was like telling me, she was like, hey, I need to call you back later, um, like after the interview or whatever. I was like, oh, no, I said something already. And she calls me back and she's like, hey, I'm calling to offer you the job. And I was just sitting there and I was like, are you sure? Like, did you call the right person? Um, But it was really cool. I got down there. I'm literally the youngest person in the whole group. The oldest one was 31 and I'm over here still 20. I turned 21 in Florida. So that was kind of a big hurrah for me for my 21st birthday. Um, So basically for my job, my fancy title was conservation education presenter, which essentially means I got the uh, distinguished privilege of working at Animal Kingdom. And pretty much anyone who came through the park gates with the big elephant over top of it, whatever background, identity, wherever you're from, I had people that I have no idea where they're from to this day because they did not understand um, pretty much what a manatee was. So that was quite an interesting description. I was like, it's like a hippo, but not. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was the closest thing I could come up with. I was like, it's a floaty hippo, but they're much more huggable. And so I really got to have these interesting conversations with people, teaching them about like animals, plants, the environment, dinosaurs, which I was a big dinosaur kid. So that was my place to thrive was the dinosaurs and the plants. Mm -hmm. And so we all sort of worked on this amazing team together. I mean, I, I still talk to all of them. I plan to go down and visit them all the time. But we got to do all these cool things. Like I would just stand in the middle of Animal Kingdom holding a box with like a giant tarantula in it. And I'd be like, oh, this is my friend Alex and tell people about it. And they'd be like, that's actually not horrifying. And I'm like, yeah, statistically speaking, the spiders in your house are more likely to kill you than this. So 
you know, it was a good way to like change people's perceptions and kind of meet everyone where they were at. Cause not everyone obviously comes in understanding like this is actually not an insect. This is an arachnid and typically they're not venomous that affects humans. So it's like a really interesting way for me to learn and be challenged, which is something I really feel like I need in a job. I enjoy learning, which is probably why I changed my major, but I get to do that. And it was really just honestly a great experience. And obviously on my off days, go to the parks with my coworkers, go, we went to the Everglades while I was down there on a week off. So that was fun. It's really just an amazing experience. It was like kind of an eye opener for how I wanted the rest of my life to go, to be honest. Love that. Um, that's really cool. And I wish uh, uh, my wife could hear the story about the spiders um, because I feel like she just needs that. She just needs to hear, you know, like, hey, like these are, I mean, it's, it's not tight that they're in the house. Like, let's try to like get them safely outside versus immediately, you know, going into, into stomp mode. That was um, always my favorite one because it's right next to the bug show and spiders literally come down out of the ceiling during that. So if the kids run out and there's no one else coming out, that's my cue to flip the tarantula over and talk about butterflies because I said, I'm not traumatizing any more children today. But it would also be funny when they come out and like the little sister's like, yeah, my big brother was scared of spiders. And he's like, shut up. And then we start talking about them. And then she's like, see, mom, you can't kill any spiders now. Or like telling people that mosquitoes are necessary because they're the only pollinators of the cacao plant that we get chocolate from. So it's really just like a good opportunity to blow people's minds and be like hey everything on this planet's important so try to take care of it we're all so interconnected like oftentimes and this may sound like kind of spacey like oftentimes i'm walking around i'm like yo we're on a planet right now you know what i'm saying like we're in we're in space right and like like this tree has been here for like a long time and like this grass and like us like someone built this building right you know just like everything like if you i'm looking at my desk right now like all the all these things come from things that are connected to people and those people like eat whatever you know just like everything is so intertwined i don't think that people really realize it you know like or like they take it for granted which is probably why we're in the situation we are for climate change and everything else that's going on in the world um but that's awesome and my mind has been blown just from hearing you talk uh, about your experience. So I'm glad that you had a really good time. Um, and maybe you were able to see kind of like some of this interconnectedness um, in your next part of, of 2022, um, you received an enrichment grant um, to help you go to Thailand. Um, talk about the purpose behind your travels, why that location um, and, yeah, like how does how does one go from twenty four credits to working for Disney to going to Thailand? Yeah, so like I said, I really made twenty twenty two my year. I applied in the middle of working for Disney. I said, you know what? I'll have two weeks at home, go to Thailand for two weeks, come back home for two weeks, and then school. So making the most out of it here. Um, essentially, the same advisor I was talking about that I TA'd for. This was her study abroad she was going to lead, and she hadn't done one in a long time. And I knew I had a few more years left of school. Um, at this point, I have two to finish those double majors. And so I was like, you know what? Let's just apply. And essentially, the inside tea of it all was she told me while she was working on this, 
she said, here's when I'm releasing the applications. You're going to go apply for this scholarship and you're probably going to go because while she was gone, I was the TA that got all of her emails from the university about people having COVID. So I was her designated survivor, if you will. So me and her are good friends. Um, wanted to go because it was her. She's great. She's like this sweet mom that everyone loves, but also literally knows everything. Um, so I was like, what What a better person to learn about like conservation and nutrition from than her? Because it was really conservation, nutrition, animal management, sustainability, all of those lovely things interconnected and out of the country, which from my opinion on international travel that I've already done, I think it's better to like look at some things externally from the lens of not just being like in the U.S. Cause we're like, oh, this is how this works. And in reality, you go over there and it is very much not how that works. Right. And so while I was over there, I got to do veterinary medicine on elephants and dogs and cats. So essentially, we're living in the middle of this giant sanctuary called Elephant Nature Park. And they have, I think, 118 elephants, about 800 dogs and 2,000 cats. Don't know the exact numbers on the water buffalo, but there were enough of them to see them frequently. So they're pretty much all just roaming around in the middle there, um, except for the cats. The cats and the dogs have their own separate places, of course. But the elephants have their little families that they like to stay in. So they came from different things like elephant riding, logging, um, the circus. Some of them were just like pets, which obviously is not a good choice, but you know. And so this lady that started the sanctuary, she literally took her money and like bought a dump truck and would transport elephants to this place. And it's literally just in the middle of a bunch of hills. Like it's an hour drive to get to the city. You're just pretty much in what I would call really a giant soup bowl with a bunch of cool animals. And so it's like this little encapsulated wonderland where you just get to see all these animals interacting the way that they were before we kind of went in as humans and screwed it all up for them. But I mean, obviously, a lot of them still have, like, the physical deformities. Like, there was one named Meadow. She had been used in logging. Her whole back hip had been pulled out of socket, so her back goes straight down. And one of the ones we worked on had stepped on a landmine from the wars many years ago that, of course, never got dug up. So we had to doctor her foot. We put a little sock on. So I fed her bananas for 30 minutes while trying to duct tape a sock to her foot. That was honestly the most dexterous challenge I've ever had, but she was a sweet little angel. So um, got to do some fun things. Almost got trampled by a water buffalo. That was also quite lovely, but it was only because one of the dogs was trying to run to catch up with me and decided it was going to go run the water buffalo instead, which of course caused the baby elephants to panic, which caused the moms to panic. So I just ran and hid in the barn, but you know, we're fine. Life was good. Took a lot of cute pictures. Because honestly, what is international travel if not putting a little life endangerment, you know? That's yeah, cool. I mean, yeah. So I really got to do like all the fun things. I got to do surgery. That was amazing because I had never done that before. So we did like dog and cat spays and neuters for free because there's like a really bad like stray animal population over there. And then I gave an elephant an injection, which is about as hard to do as it sounds because their skin's like three centimeters deep mm. yeah great great time just sounds like overall i mean like even the the getting almost trampled by a water buffalo sounds like it was like it was just a once in a lifetime experience that you clearly made it out alive in and everything worked out um that's really cool and so like 
is there a first note like a couple of takeaways that i got one get cool with your professors um because like there's there's a lot of opportunities that that come with that and just like the like not even just like networking right like actually building a relationship with your professors to like learn about like things that they're interested in like see how like there's intersections with the stuff that you want to do um is there like a long-standing partnership between your professor and like this like animal sanctuary or like how does how did they how did they like match up or like connect yeah so to my understanding she had actually been planning this for like three years but you know covid kind of Mm. destroyed and decimated study abroad very heavily and very quickly um, as someone who was on study abroad when COVID happened. So that was really a f- full circle moment I've not thought about until now. <laughs> but essentially what I understand of it is she'd got in contact with them and we went through a program called Loop Abroad, which also does some of the other study abroad um, programs in veterinary science for us, like South Africa, which is one I also intend to go on with another professor that I also have connections with. So that's a good reoccurring theme. But we got to go and she knew like some of the people there. She didn't really know all of the vets, um, but she knew enough people to be able to go in and us be like, oh, hey, cool. And they're like, okay, we're going to go talk about animals right now and just go dive right in. And I was like, I have no sleep in my body, but I will do absolutely what I can. So it was really like an interesting place. And of course, like to sort of tie that back to Disney, have you ever heard of a Siamang before? I was going to say, no one really has. Um, so it's basically this species of great ape. And I say that very specifically because everyone looks and goes, oh, that's a monkey. And then I go, no, that is indeed not a monkey. It does not have a tail. But it's the big one that has a throat pouch that is like screaming all the time. So it's like a howler monkey, but an ape version. So they lived in that Asia section of Animal Kingdom. So I talked about them there go to Thailand and there they are in the wild. So I got to hear them addition to the elephants at night. So that was a sweet little moment for me. And I took like my notebook and wrote down the birds and stuff I saw. So it was really a good setup for that to also get the conservation experience and just sit out there at night and watch everything. And yeah, it was just a lovely, beautiful place to go do science pretty much. How magical. And I looked up the picture of uh, Saimang and yeah, his the throat literally looks like like a, a round rock that's just kind of like posted, and it, it doesn't like move like it doesn't like ebb and flow with like every breath. It just kind of like exists there. I'm assuming. Well, they they only inflate it when they want to make sounds, which in my experience was at 11:30 when they got fed. <laughs> okay, gotcha, man. That's really cool. So I guess like as you are coming back to campus. Um, you know, you've done so much uh, already in 2022. Uh, what are the biggest lessons that you are bringing back with you to NC State um, as you kind of gear up for not only like this semester, but just kind of like like what you want your life to to look like? Yeah, so I almost got back into the bad habit of getting up to 21 credit hours and I had registered for it and I had a small crisis the other day after I came back and I said, nope, we're not doing this. This was the whole reason we left. So I'm learning basically to treat myself a little bit better and not run myself into the ground all the time because the semester before I left to go to Disney, it was 21. And the only time I left my room and my roommates can attest to this 
was to go to the grocery store, make food, or, yeah, no, that's it. Go to the grocery store, make food, or go get groceries. Well, that's the store, or like get food, take out. Yeah, so I was really not like treating myself super well. I was just kind of like trying to huff through all the academics as soon as possible. And it wasn't like, I guess it could be called fun in some way of the classes were fun, but in terms of personal time, there was virtually none. So I'm definitely going to treat myself better in terms of self-care and things of that nature. I have dropped some classes and switched them for some fun classes. So I'm taking a class about dinosaurs since I have two hard classes. So I'll just have that as my little fun help along class. And then obviously relationships with people are really important. That seems to be an underlying theme with this. Um, So I've worked with both of those professors, the one that I went with and the one that I intend to go to South Africa with next year. So I'm working on those relationships, which it's to the point that I've had them text me and be like, hey, if you can be at the NC Zoo in an hour, we have to do a necropsy on a frog if you want to help. I was like, cool, let's let's do it. So it's it's good to have relationships with people. And I think honestly, having this experience, it's put me in a good place to both like teach people about it and like encourage people with that. Like I was when I was a retreat leader, so I'm going to be a mentor this year. Like it also showed me a lot about myself and my career path. So it's kind of given me a little bit more clarity on like where I want to go in life. And honestly, at this point, I wouldn't complain about anything with animals. Like I would be fine with any job interacting with the public about them. Cause I really seen from that job that just how much and how little people can know about things that exist on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not that they're wrong. I mean, we've taught people a lot of incorrect things of like, what are things just for the sake of simplicity instead of being like, here's actually what it is or how or why this works. So it was a really interesting way. And I kind of, the way that you get taught to teach people down there really works well. So I'm kind of trying to incorporate that into just generally how I talk to people. That's like a good example of how to have a conversation with someone where it's creating a genuine desire from both places. And it doesn't just sound like, Here's me throwing all the facts about some animal you've never seen in your life before at you. So it's a really good life experience, I would say. It's a good professional experience. And then now that I've come back, I've sort of put that into my classes because while I was down there, I was thinking, oh, this is similar to what we learned in this class. I'm like, oh, that's why that bone is there and why it turns that way. So it was really a good opportunity to sort of get a glimpse into what work will be like and also tie in the school together so that it's not just me going back to trample through academics for another two years which was a really long and roundabout answer for that but it was just a good way for me to sort of get my life back on the track I want it to be instead of getting stuck in the slums of academia as people do in college I love that yeah don't get stuck in the slums of academia like your degree is worth it the slums are not right like you're gonna graduate right like I think I mean I personally have never taken I took 18 credits in one semester and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is me. Um, and, you know, still graduated, you know, on time and all this stuff. So glad that you had this realization. Uh, glad that you're coming back to campus. Um, yeah. And thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, look forward to seeing you at retreat and onboarding and mentor stuff and everything else that's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm very excited because Jill cannot get rid of me since I switched from when she had retreat over to mentor. 
she's still very much present in your summer life. <laughs> All right, peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you enjoyed our conversation and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe and give us five stars on whatever platform you listen on. If you're a prospective student and want to learn more, give us an email at goodnightscholarship at ncsu.edu. And remember, no matter what time of day you're listening in, we always hope that you have a good night. I'm Anthony O'Leary Wright. Peace out.